Well, my voice is getting a little scratchy here, so I'm not quite sure how long I can, I can go, but I'm glad you're here. One of the things I think the church needs to do better is we need to learn how to throw a party. And I think sometimes we are way too quiet, uh, even for us, sometimes I think we're way too quiet, and we go, ooh, that's good, should I do something? Should I, hey, man? And, uh, and man, I think the church ought to be a place of celebration, you know, right now we're watching the Olympics, and I love the Olympics, and I don't have an Olympic body, but I still love the Olympics, and, and I like the obscure sports, you know, fencing, badminton, the trampoline, isn't that incredible? That $2 or $299 thing you bought for your kids in the backyard could get them a gold medal one day, you know? Man, those guys, Scott, I love kayaking. I love watching all that, the obscure stuff. I like the main stuff through the gymnasts and all that. But, you know, they're, they're playing for one thing. They go to London for one thing. They go for the gold medal. They go there to win. You know, the guy who goes, well, I'm just going there for the experience and eat some fish and chips and ride in the black taxi cabs over there. Man, he doesn't have it. But the guy who goes there, he knows the goal, the woman who goes there, the goal is to win. That's the gold medal. Well, sometimes we get a little confused about what the gold medal is in, uh, in church and, and what it's all about and kind of what Scripture holds as that gold medal. And so this morning, we just kind of want to talk about that, celebrate that. I want you to turn to a gold medal chapter, Psalm 107. Would you take your Bibles and turn there? It's really a wonderful book. The book of Psalms is divided up into five books. Psalm 107 starts the fifth of the five books. Psalm 107 is a community psalm of praise. Let me say that again. It is a community psalm of praise. There are lots of times when we thank God individually. But there is this corporate aspect of praise that I think sometimes we forget. I think this corporate aspect of thanksgiving is something that we think ought to be relegated to our home or to our own personal devotion time or a quiet time or those days where we fast and pray. That's not it at all. This idea of community psalms of thanksgiving has always three aspects, and there's about 20 of them in the, in the book of Psalms, and they're not all in the fifth book of the book of Psalms, but they always have three ingredients to them. There's a, a common distress among the people. There's a common deliverance among the people. And then there's a common praise given to God for deliverance from the distress. The key thing is that they did it in community. They did it together. They celebrated God's goodness. They thanked God together. And just as our intern song and just as we have worshiped about with the song, The Cornerstone, I'm telling you, all of us have much to thank God for, but all of us together have collectively as a corporate body of Christ, as a church, we've got something wonderful to thank God for. And so this Psalm 107 deals with the communal or the community, the corporal aspect of praising God together. Now, I love our praise. I think our praise band praise team is just second to none. I'm a little ticked off that I've been here 19 years. The intern's been here 10 weeks. They're up singing. I ain't sung nothing yet, but that's okay. <laughs> but praise is not just the singing. 
praises the attitude of gratitude. And so as we talk through this, this chapter, man, I don't want you to miss this important point that it was done in community. I hear people say to me all the time because I don't know if they like sleep in or whatever. They'll say, you know, Pastor, I believe I can be just as good a Christian if I stay home and read my Bible and watch the preachers on TV. I think I can be just as good a Christian. No, you can't. You cannot. If you don't live out faith in a community of believers, there's nobody there to make you stronger, better, to make your faith run deeper, to get you rooted and grounded deeper into the truths of Scripture or in the attitudes of Jesus Christ. There's nobody there to call you out on the carpet. There's nobody there to say, come in my office and shut the door. The interns have heard that one. We got to talk. Because life lives best in community. It's only really in America where we have a unique society of individuality. Now, I like, I like personality and individuality and all of that. But I'm afraid that we've lost this idea of community in our, in our culture. I'll do it my way, Frank Sinatra sings. Burger King says you can have, you know, have it your own way. I mean, it's just the whole kind of marketing thing is wrapped around you getting what you want. Scripture calls us to a sense of community. And so this Psalm 107 is a corporate psalm. It's a community psalm where a community of believers thank God together for his goodness. They looked back at past events. Matter of fact, Psalm 107 has four stories masterfully woven throughout this song. Four verses with one chorus. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. And you find that at the end of each kind of verse and section. And the Lord, it will say at the end of those, delivered them, corporately, community, out of their distress. So this idea that our faith needs to be this private faith, this tucked away faith, this faith that we only bust out on Sunday and show it out on Sunday, that is wrong theology. Psalm 107 and verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this, those who redeemed from the hand of his foe, those that are gathered from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and the south. My goodness, that's kind of an eclectic group, isn't it? Northerners and southerners and easterners and westerners. People from all social strata and social economic strata of life, they all come and together in a sense of community, they offer praise to Jesus and God in heaven. It's a wonderful, wonderful privilege to be a part of a community. I don't want you to miss the point. The community, the group, express gratitude, gratitude to God together. Let me read this, and this is a quote. Gratitude is a spiritual virtue that opens the door of the soul to the world around us. It creates a centrifugal force that causes the individual to look away from self and look to God and others. Again, here is an important point. In Old Testament theology, there is no such thing as individuality in isolation from community, nor is there community apart from the individual. The one contributes to the nature of the other, and shapes its life. Listen, here's the point. We are designed, 
We are created, we are fashioned, we are purposefully intended not to live apart from one another, but to live with one another, to celebrate the joys of life, to to hold each other up through the stresses and the distresses of life, to praise God together corporately in a community of believers that we now call the church. We are to lift up and praise his name together as the church of Jesus Christ. Give thanks unto the Lord. Look at Psalm 107. The singer says to the congregation gathered there from the north and the south, he says, give thanks. Give thanks. Then he says, let the redeemed of the Lord say this. Let me tell you what the word thanks means. The word thanks in the Hebrew is hoda. Everybody say that with me. Hoda. Now be like a good Jew. Hoda. And it's a wonderful word. It means to throw, to cast, to give voice. Hoda. When we come to church on Sunday, when you meet in your small groups, we are to hoda. We're to cover the Lord with praise. We're to cover him from an attitude of gratitude for all that he's done for us. And we are to praise his holy name. It means praising God is not a silent matter. Remember about 20 years ago, you guys won't remember, you guys weren't even born yet, but there was this group called Milli Vanilli. Anybody remember those guys? You know, what, you know why you're laughing? They were a famous rock band that didn't sing. A lot of times they took other people's stuff in concerts or their own stuff and just lip synced it. You know, they... And I didn't say nothing. Listen, the Christians, the church, the community of the body believers, we cannot be modern day Millie Vanillis. We have to let our praise shine forth. We cannot be silent in matter. We must give voice to the goodness of God and what God has done. We have to throw and to cast praise on him. Has the idea of covering when the kids were growing up, I would do devotions with them. And, and a lot of times, if you have a really good devotion, you usually wrestle after devotions. You know, it's, it's kind of like share the love of Jesus and beat the mess out of each other, and it's great. And, and, and so they'd have their sheets all wadded up and their pillows be over, you know, out in the hallway or something from the pillow fight. It, it'd just be, man, my wife would come in and she would take the sheets, the boys would be laying down, and she would take the sheets and she would just snap it, throw it up in the air so that it would come right over the bed and cover all of the boys. That's Hoda. Where, where you give God not just a dot of praise, not just a spackling of praise, not just a smattering of praise, but you cover, you cover him in praise. Because you look back at your life, you look back at this church, you look back at where God has brought you from, the distress of sin you were in, and how you and I were slaves to, to sin and under Satan's control, and through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, he saved us, delivered us, freed us, and today we stand in Christ as new creations. And that ought to be Hoda. And that ought to be cover God with gratitude. How in the world can we thank him enough from taking you and 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 me from eternity of hell and giving us an eternity of heaven simply because we've accepted his son Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's an incredible thing. Look at verse 2. 
The word say is a cool word. It means to speak, to bear forth, to hold up so everyone can see, to bring to light. You know, if we don't bring the goodness of God to light, you know what some people are going to own up their blessing to? They're going to own up to circumstances, coincidences, fate, or any other non-existent thing that's out there. I don't care where you, I don't, I do care if you're saved or lost, but for the sake of this sentence, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant if you're saved or lost, if you've been blessed. The same God that I serve not only blesses me, but he wants to bless you because the Bible says by the goodness of God, many are called to repentance. And so if you're enjoying a blessed life, it isn't because you are you and you've done all that and you are all that. It is simply because God keeps trying to draw you to himself over and over and over again. He keeps drawing you and drawing you so that you would look to him, the source of where your blessings come from. And so do we bring that to light? How many of you, because I'm a typical man, believe that I have a wallet in my back pocket? Would you raise your hands? Great, you are all wrong because I do not have a wallet in my back. But if I did, and this is really a poor example because I did this first service and I reached back to pull out my wallet and found out I didn't have it with me. But anyway, if you were to look at my, if, if my wallet, most of us have our wallet tucked away in our back pocket. You're never going to see it. Maybe sometimes you might see a little outline of it in the back pocket. But you really don't see it until you pull it out into the light. Until you hold it up. If I was to take my wallet and open it up, do you know what you would see if you would open up my wallet? What would you see? You would say a picture of my wife. And man, that's going to get me in so much trouble because there is not a picture of my wife. There's actually a picture of your daughter when you open up my I got Abby right there because it helps me to remember to pray for, for her and Austin and, and, and Carly and Cass and Claire now and, and just my boys and, and, and even Tommy and Jess's kids, Michael and Allie, even though they don't have kids, when they do have kids and praying for them, I mean, I mean they're, nothing's up there, so don't worry about it, all right? I mean, just clarifying that for you, all right? But it's to hold up, show it out. The guys in the Olympics who wear the gold medals or win the gold medals, you think they put them in their pocket and never wear them? Dude, they wear those things all over the place. They go to Applebee's and they wear those things, you know? Why? Because that's the win for them. For us, the win is knowing Christ is our Savior and seeing him come or seeing folks come to the saving knowledge of, of Jesus Christ. And, and when you do that, man, that's the win. You know, the Psalms of, let me read this quote, the Psalms of Thanksgiving tap one of the great spiritual resources the Holy Scripture has to offer us. It offers us a spiritual home where the passions of life can find their moorings in a source outside of an individual's own will. One of the great tragedies of the human spirit is to become a prisoner of ingratitude. Let me say that again. One of the tragedies of the human spirit is to become a prisoner to ingratitude. For ingratitude shuts the human spirit up in a world lightened only by the self, which is no light at all. 
It creates a dark dungeon of selfishness because there's no horizon to give it perspective to an individualistic world. Ingratitude is a closed system that prohibits the individual from opening up to God and to others. Gratitude, on the other hand, throws the door of this prison wide open and liberates the soul to thank God for what he's done and to share this spirit of gratefulness with others. Do you understand that Psalm 107, that we all ought to have a Psalm 107 in our life. We ought to have these communal and, and these, these community events corporately as the body of Christ that we celebrate together because God is good. So because God is good, we hold up. We give thanks to the Lord because his love endures forever. Amen? So we've got to celebrate that. We've got to enjoy that. We, the redeemed, uh, the community, the body of Christ, we have to lift our voices. Our voices have been silent for far too long. And we've let everybody push us in a corner and push us away. And I'm telling you, there is no other group of believers, there is no other community of people on the face of this earth that has more to rejoice about, has more to joy over, and has more to be thankful for than those of us who have been redeemed by the precious shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Amen. So let's hold it up. Let's hold up. Man, let's cover it. Let's let it be known. And let's let others know what God is doing. You know, they sang the song about how God's faithful. And what I want to do is kind of just take you through a few things that you may not know that's happened around here this summer, all right? Just kind of take you a little behind the scenes. It's, it's stuff that we can't get up and say every Sunday because we've got praise and worship and a message and all that kind of stuff. But I thought today, since we're having a little party day, we could just kind of step back and tell you a few things that I think, man, just ought to, ought to stir your hearts. You know, today's the last day for Kevin, Quinn, and Michelle. Of course, Michelle has been here before, but Quinn and Kevin comes from smaller cities, Oklahoma and Missouri. And I'm telling you, when they came, I think they were a little nervous coming. You know, they'd heard about Kirby Church. That was the upside. They heard about Don Myers. That was the upside. There were two downsides, Detroit, Michigan, and Mike Trimble. That was kind of like the downside of this thing, you know. And kind of heard, I think, a little bit about the come to Jesus meetings that we've had from time to time with certain folks. And, and so they came, and man, I'm telling you, what a joy to watch them grow. What a joy to watch them just kind of grow in confidence and, and, and in self-confidence, not because of self, but because of their trust in the Lord. And it's just, it just really, really a cool thing. Let me tell you, these young people worked hard. And then they worked harder. And then they got burnt out. And then they worked harder. And they never complained. I'm telling you, this has been one of the best groups we've ever had here. And, uh, and, and they all shared their faith with others, and, and a couple of them had the privilege to leading someone else to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I'm telling you, for all that we do around here at Kirby Church, and I want everybody to listen, I don't care what ministry you're involved in, for everyone a part of this church, the win for Kirby Church, the gold medal for Kirby Church is not to have a kick in VBS, and is not to send 
and turns to us. And it's not to have the best praised band and singers anywhere in America. I'm telling you, the win for us is to see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The win for us is to help folks whose soul were literally gripped under the grip of Satan and to have the power of God so come into their life that the chains of sin are broken and they are no longer under the control of Satan, but they're now under the control of God's grace. They're no longer a child of hell, but they're a child of the kingdom of God. They're no longer lost, but they're saved. They're born again because they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I'm telling you, that's the win for Kirby Church. We, some of you may be here, you go, I'm kind of looking for a church where I can have some friends and kind of, you know, just kind of hang and just be a little social club. Well, let me tell you, if you go about four miles down Will Carlton, this way, you'll find one. Uh, if you go to other cities of Flat Rock and Brownstown, you'll find some, but this isn't one. I'm telling you, without apology, the win for Kirby Church is to see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the win. That's the win. That's the win. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad that they had the opportunity to, uh, to share Christ with their Savior and helping others know and, and find him. And that's the win. And they were awesome and we love them. And they're always going to be a part of the, of, the, of the Kirby family. And we thank God for sending us this way. And we love you guys. And uh, so, so very much. Matter of fact, Wanda sat in front of me in the first service. I told her you can't sit in front of me in the second service. So I went behind the, the curtains uh, to pray a little bit and make a few things adjustment. And there she is crying again, you know, and because uh, we really do love our, our teens. You know, in our exit interviews, I asked them to give me three summer highlights. They all mentioned the ministry tour. And I think it was the top one for all three of them. So I... I I asked why, and I started digging in. I said, okay, what is it about the ministry tour? Because I wanted to kind of dig out and mine out what was good so we can kind of make sure we don't lose that for future, future trips. And, and so they said, uh, most of them referenced two students that led devotions. One was Caitlin Clanton, and the other was, was Nate Atkins. Caitlin gave this wonderful devotion that they all talked about. And I would thank her right now, but you know where she's at right now? She's down in junior church serving and working with our children. Isn't that awesome? I just think that's a beautiful thing. And so Friday night over at Stan and Lori Belzac's house, they had this little party thing for, for Kyle. And so we were all there, and I scooched in beside her and I said, okay, I, you got to tell me. I've talked to two out of three of our interns, and they've all mentioned your devotion. What in the world did you say? And actually, it was Friday night. I knew I had to preach in less than 48 hours. And I was really needing some sermon outline material is what, is what I was needing. And it was just tremendous. Just simple life. Just living what you're supposed to live. Man, God used it, touched hearts. And then Nate, where's, is Nathan here? Where's Nate? There you are. Buddy, I don't know what you said. But it, right, it was on ministry tour. You gave five-minute devotion. Five-minute devotion. I don't have a clue what he said. Five-minute devotion. And you're saying, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, dude, preacher, get him up there, let him do it, and we'll all go home, you know? <laughs> Five-minute devotion. And the teenagers on ministry tour prayed an hour and a half. Well, you don't see that. But, dude, I'm going to hold to that. I'm going to give God glory. Nathan, thank you, man. 
I appreciate it. And John and Chrissy, thank you for raising up a daughter who gives that just killer, killer devotion. You know, we sent three guys through over the, the course of this, this winter and spring, Joe Hutchison, who, who could have fit here. Joe is now a youth pastor in Indiana doing an incredible job, one of our own, serving full-time. He's just doing an awesome job, and we give God glory. Then there was my son, Byron, who was the youth camp, direct, or youth camp evangelist at the camp I was just telling you about where Quinn led somebody to the Lord. Over 20 kids came to know Christ as their Lord and Savior because... You know, he was raised in community here at, at Kirby, and, and now he's serving part-time as a minister, worship leader, and a, and a church plan in Canton. And then there's, there's Carl, you know, Carl Lemon. Everybody remember Carl? Some of you are going, where's Carl been, you know? Because Carl was an intern, moved up after his internship was over, hung around here for a year and a half, two years, and, and uh, I'm going to knock over stuff. And he, uh, this... Mission Church in Battle Creek needed some help. And as I got thinking about it and praying about it, I, I kind of thought Carl would be a good fit. And, and so tried to hook them up. And, and we sent them down. Kirby did, sent them, helped him get there for the summer. And, and uh, he's going to stay there. And he's the assistant associate pastor of the church there. Isn't that awesome? You know, who's he preaching today? I should have got his notes. All I'm simply telling you is one man can't do that. One, even a small group can't do that. But I'm telling you, a community of believers can do that. And when we do do things like that, we need to celebrate them and we need to celebrate the goodness of God. Just like Psalm 1 says, would you say it with me? Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Now, I want to say it one more time, but I want you to put the hoda in instead of the word thank because the hoda, the Hebrew word, is much richer. It's much deeper. It has a lot more texture and flavor than our English word thanks. So, would you just say the same verse and just put the hoda there? Would you say it with me? Give Hold up to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Man, we prayed for additional staff members, didn't we? Man, we went through that whole, whole thing, and God blessed us with Michael and Allie Hewitt, and they joined our family, and you may not have seen much of them because, man, they were, they've been gone since they've got here more than they've been here. You know, we sent them on every trip known to mankind in the church world. Man, they have been everywhere. And they've done it with grace. And I know they've been worn out. And I know they've been tired. And, and uh, they have good hearts. And I've talked to them. And, and they just have wonderful hearts. And I believe we're going to see many, many teens come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Get plugged into small groups. Serve the church and others because of the ministry that they're going to bring to Kirby, amen? And then, uh, and then we prayed for Joe and, and, and Julie Wilson, and they came, and, and, uh, and they here, they're here. And, and I have a personal prayer team, and when they came, I just kind of sent out a couple of things, and, and they began praying. And on the fourth day of them coming, because he was worried about selling their house and it hadn't sold and all that kind of stuff that all of us would be worried about, on the fourth day, and Julie getting a job, and so we are praying about all that. And on the fourth day of their being here, they sold the house, and Julie got a job. Isn't that incredible? Fourth day. On the fourth day. That's incredible. Now we need to pray for them to buy a house. We, we really do because they're living in my house. You know? 
<laughs> so serious, you know, seriously though, <laughs> pray, you know. I ain't kidding. Pray, you know. Uh, honestly, it's, it's been fantastic having them in our home. But pray, you know, is, 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 is what I'm saying. And, and if you've had chance to be around the Hewitts or the Wilsons and Carly, Cassidy, and Claire, uh, I think Claire's going to be my personal assistant. We were over at the Belzacs, and she came up to me and looked at me, and she said, it's time to go. Everybody else was in the car. It was great. And... Uh, and so God is just going to use them here in a great way. I could tell you about Jeff and Beth Caldwell's ministry. Oh, my goodness. They have so faithfully served our church in a way that we can't brag about it or put it on it. We can brag about it, but we can't tell you what they're doing because of confidentiality and deep hurts and serious, serious needs that they're dealing with. And I'm telling you, they're doing a phenomenal, uh, an awesome job. And they're worthy of your financial support. And they're worthy of your prayer covering. Asking them, asking God to bless that ministry. And by the way, if you have a deep hurt, family issue, marital issue, things like that, man, go and see Jeff. Yes, there's a small fee, but I'm telling you, it is ridiculously, ridiculously low. Ridiculously low. And the benefit you get is ridiculously huge. It is a great investment into your spiritual health. And so I'm, I'm grateful for, for what they're doing. Let me just kind of share two more stories real quick. I'm going to abbreviate one because I want to, I want to get to the last one. You know, Friday night we had a, with, we honored our host family and, uh, who kept our interns and we kind of had a, a farewell thing and, and loved on them, loved on our interns a little bit. I know, no, Elia was there. She was, lived with Bill and Ann Hutchison for three weeks and, and they got to know her because of, of David and then uh, Nacho. And then Nacho had a girlfriend, and that was her. And, and then they broke up, but she still came anyway. And, uh, and so she's on Facebook, and her friend, she told me this. Like her little eyes were just tearing up, and we were talking. It was one of the best 15-minute, 20-minute conversations I've, I've had with anybody in a long time. And, and she says, you know, my friends will Facebook me, and they will ask me, you know, you're in America. What is your favorite thing to do in America? Here's a girl raised in a predominantly Catholic country. Family, Catholic background. Do you know what her number one answer is every time she says? She says, I tell them my favorite thing to do is go to Kirby Church. Can you imagine that? Dude, her favorite thing to do is come to Kirby Church. I don't know if you've noticed this, but we're not exactly Disney World around here. <laughs> no, we you may have It's a Small World up here, but we're not Disney World. <laughs> I just made that one up right there on the spot, man. She said, my favorite, she said that my friends don't understand. She said, my parents, they don't understand. And then she looked at me and she said, do you think you can come to Spain next summer so my friends can see what Kirby Church, she's talking about us, she's not talking about me. She's talking about us next summer. So, so her friend, and I looked at her and I said, do you think it would help your faith if we came and she said, I want to see my kids or my friends saved. 
Dude, that's the win, isn't it? I, I mean, the bottom line is helping people come to know Christ as their Savior. That's the win. So we had a real quick kind of staff meeting of sorts in Mark and Crystal's bedroom and figured out if we can pull this thing off, we're going to take a field trip to Spain next summer. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if it'll all work out, but there's a lot of logistical things, but man, at least we're going to give it a shot. Because man, if somebody says the best thing about their summer was coming to Kirby, man, don't you want to pour into that kind of situation? Don't you maybe think God is up to something? Then let me tell you one other story. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell it, I'm going to tell it to you quickly. Christmas Sunday. Christmas Sunday. Remember we had one service on Christmas Sunday? And, uh, and it was real tight, one hour. You know, it was pretty well packed and, and that kind of thing. And after the service, we told everybody to go. Don't even talk to anybody. You know, get to your presence. Get to breakfast, dinner, whatever you were having. And so everybody kind of cleared out pretty quick. And I'll never forget, there was a couple that came up. We stood right here. I will never forget it as long as I live. And uh, she introduced herself to me. She introduced her husband. I have permission to use the story, but I'm not going to use the names just yet. And so we stood right here, and she introduced herself to me, and she introduced her husband, and we were talking and back and forth, and we were talking. And when there was a little break in the conversation, he just looked at me and he said, I want you to know that I'm an atheist. And I just shook his hand. I said, man, I want to thank you for coming. I appreciate the fact that you love your wife enough that you would honor her on Christmas Day and show love to her by coming and sitting in a place that worships a God that you just believe doesn't exist. And so I just thank you for that, buddy. Man, I appreciate it. Thanks. And we talked about where he worked and just went on, and, and that was all it said. You know, he came back next week. Matter of fact, he's only missed a handful of Sundays since that Christmas service. And it's kind of cool to kind of watch what, what happened in my, my atheist friend. About a month or two later, he came to me. And this had been the end of January, middle of February. And I don't remember which, but somewhere along that time, he just walked up to me. And, and I, you know, because I always try to get to him, talk to him, you know, just kind of have a little touch with him and, and that kind of thing. And so he walked up to me and he said, you know, I just want you to know, I don't really think I'm an atheist anymore. I think I'm an agnostic. So I said, really? I said, now, are you the agnostic who thinks that if there is a God, you're not sure how to know him? Are you the agnostic that thinks that if there is a God, there's no way to know him? And he thought about it for a second. He said, I think I'm the first one. And I just gave him a hug and said, buddy, if you ever got any questions about how to know God, I said, I take you out to breakfast, lunch, or dinner anytime. Be glad to do it. And just kind of left it at that. So, so then... You know, a lot of times I'm behind the curtain over here, and, and I like sitting in worship. Sometimes I'm back there because I'm praying, and I'm fixing a, a, the message, and if it's the second service, I'm usually crossing up stuff that really wasn't good in the first service and making a little better, you know, in the second service. And, and, and a lot of times, because I don't stand still very much, if you've ever noticed, and, and so I'll pace a little bit, and I'll pray, and, and, so, and then I can, pee, I, I can pull the curtains apart just a little bit, and I could, I could see my atheist-slash-agnostic friend. And, and I, I would notice that he'd start, just every once in a while, be singing some of our praise songs to a God that he didn't believe existed, or if he did exist, he couldn't know. 
Remember when we did the Easter, uh, the, the mission banks, the coin banks for Easter? You guys remember that? We tried to raise, or we raised $3,000. Do you know at the end of the service, he came up and got a coin bank to put money in to send a missionary around the world so that that missionary could tell people about a God who he doesn't yet personally believe in. Isn't that crazy? Give a hold to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. You know, I, I want you to know, and I really do, <laughs> that my atheist agnostic friend is not atheist or agnostic any longer. Two weeks ago, yeah. You know, two weeks ago when God was just doing stuff and I just kind of came out and just laid the gospel out there, real simple, he gave his heart and his life to Jesus Christ. Not only that, he worked VBS four out of five nights. Isn't that incredible? I'm telling you, God is good. You say, well, you just bragging because you led him in the Lord. I didn't. You know what it was? It was a community effort. It was servers who get here long before any of you ever mostly probably get out of bed. And they're here, they're tidying up and they're cleaning and they're serving. They're getting coffee out and the donuts out so that it's, we have kind of a warm, inviting environment. It's the folks who keep tot spot and the folks who, who share and, and disciple and train our, our children spiritually in children's church. It's, it's ushers and greeters. It's, it's not one person that gets credit when somebody comes to know Christ as a Savior. I'm telling you, when 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 somebody comes to know Christ as their Savior. It's not the preacher wins. It's the whole community and the body of Christ wins because that's the win for us. Amen? And so today we're going to have a little hoda time. Matter of fact, what we're going to do, I'd like to invite our, our interns, Michelle and, and uh, Kevin and Quinn. Would you guys just stand right here, right here, right here in the middle just look at everybody with your pitiful faces. <laughs> There's a sad bunch of folks. I'm telling you, I love these guys and Michelle. I love these people. You know, I don't know how you put the plural on that, but, but I do. And I want to thank God. And so what I want to do is I want to end our service. And the band is going to come out and they're just going to start praying. And then Don's just going to sing us out. But I want to invite all of us, all of us to come and pray a prayer, a blessing on those who have blessed us. They've done so much. But then after you bless them and ask God to use them mightily, mightily in ministry, man, would you just praise God? We've had so many people come to know Christ since the first of the year. Would you give God Hoda? Keith and Heather are back, and I can't wait to hear their stories. Hoda. Teen ministry and, and, and ministry tour and Caitlin and Nathan's, you know, Hoda. Noelia, Hoda. My atheist agnostic, formerly atheist agnostic friend who is now a child of the king, Hoda. And the same God who was there yesterday is here today. And man, our hope and our confidence is that he'll be there tomorrow. So would you stand to your feet? And I invite you to quickly come. Join these. They're going to circle up. And you're just going to circle up. Put your hand on them. If you can, love on them. We're so proud of them. Let them know we're so glad that they are here. And we want God's best. 
and blessings on them. Same song. And so, Father, we ask your blessing on Michelle and on Quinn.